This is the Fandom Fanatic Podcast. I'm Parker Gerlecki, a.k.a. the Fandom Fanatic, and with me as always is my broadcast partner. Dad. A.k.a. Ryan Gerlecki. I've got a passion for all things sports. So, on the Fandom Fanatic Podcast, we'll talk to anyone and everyone from all over the world of sports who will sit still long enough to answer my questions. That's right. Now, as a result of complications from severe brain damage at birth, unfortunately, Parker will never be able to physically play sports. But that cannot and has never stopped him from loving everything about sports and dreaming of a career in broadcasting. So each of our guests graciously gives of their time on this podcast to invest in Parker's dream and to help him be part of the sports world he loves so dearly. Now, let's... Welcome back, Fanatic Addicts. Today, I would like to introduce you to Mr. Kevin, the Frozen Rope, McAlpin. <laughs> Let's start off by... What's up, te- guys? Te- tell us... Okay, Mr. Frozen Rope. May I call you that? May I call you Mr. Frozen Rope? Parker, you call me whatever you want. I have heard it all over the years uh, doing radio and TV. Look, I've been Actually, called can I, can I lead in he's with been, that? I've, he's been called worse, right? <laughs> can I lead in with that? How the heck did you get sure. the nickname Frozen Frozen Rope? You know, what's funny is that uh, when I started here in 2012, uh, I was on our afternoon show with Chuck and Chernoff. And oh, yeah. it happened kind of organically one day where Matt was talking about the Braves game the night before. And he said, Braves are hitting frozen ropes all over the building and had nothing to show for it. And that just happens to be our next guest's nickname. That's what they called him in high school, Kevin McAlpin, the frozen rope. And I looked at him and he went, just roll with it. And I did. <laughs> and here we are 12 years later. We're, we're still rolling with it. So it. I have no idea how it happened, uh, but sometimes that's how you get those nicknames is uh, just randomly they pop up out of nowhere. And uh, like I said, I've been called way, way worse over the years, so I'll absolutely <laughs> take it. So in that game, uh, on that faithful day back in 2012, like the day before the, the Frozen Rope dubbing, who who did they play? I know this is totally irrelevant, but... That's a great question. Uh, I I truthfully don't remember. Uh, I've been in Major League Baseball for 20 years, so you'll have to forgive wow. me if some of the games kind of run together. Uh, I don't remember who they were playing. I can tell you they did have Chipper Jones in the lineup uh, because my first year here in Atlanta was Chipper's final season in the Major League. So I don't remember who they were wow. playing. But I've got a funny feeling that Chipper was one of those guys hitting some of those frozen ropes. And knowing his career numbers, I bet he was one of the few guys that actually had a little bit of success on that given night. It's nice. So you said you were in Atlanta for 12 years, but you've been doing this for 20 years. Where were you for the previous eight? Where were you the eight years before you were in Atlanta? So it, it goes all the way back to when I grew up in Philadelphia. Uh, that's right. I grew up in Philly. Uh, and believe it or so not. So you were a Phillies I, fan. I was a Phillies fan when I was a kid. Uh, I couldn't stand the Atlanta Braves, but there's a good reason why. Because every time I went to the ballpark, they kicked the Phillies' butts. When I was a kid, I never saw them beat the Braves with the exception of one year. It was 1993. I was 11 years old. It was the first year I can remember a team that I followed and that I liked actually being pretty good. And they kind of did it out of nowhere. The 93 Phillies were not supposed to be very good. And they surprised a lot of people, got all the way to the World Series into game six. And I still 
I kind of cringe a little bit when I see that Joe Carter walk off Homer because that made me as an 11 year old bust out crying in my mom and dad's bedroom. And I went to bed, uh, bed really bummed out. Uh, but you know, it, it all goes back to when I was in college, I knew I wanted to work in baseball in, in some way, shape or form. I just wasn't sure how, um, I knew that I wanted to be on the air. Um, I knew that I probably had a better chance of doing that on radio than TV, because as my wife always tells me, this is a face for radio, not for television. So um, I always wanted to pursue, you know, being behind the mic. And I, I've always kind of enjoyed, you know, the storytelling that comes with, you know, doing audio medium. Um, it's really easy to go on TV and just the, the picture speaks for itself on what's happening in a game. It's a lot harder to do that on radio. Um, so I knew I wanted to be in radio somehow. I just needed to find a foot in the door. And I got an internship with the Philadelphia Phillies. That was sort of my first breakthrough of getting a gig uh, in baseball. I was an usher at Veterans Stadium. I would take you to your seats. Oh. I would wipe the peanut shells off your uh, off your seat, and I would take you down there. And I worked that into a uh, an internship in the office year-round where I was working in ballpark operations. It was nothing around what I wanted to do, but it was a foot in the door with a, a Major League Baseball team. Eventually got to know a lot of the radio and TV broadcasters with the Phillies, some of whom I'm, I'm still really close with to this day. And they pointed me to um, a gentleman by the name of Merrill Reese. He has been the Eagles radio play-by-play guy for like 50 some odd years. He's been there forever. If you hear an Eagles memorable highlight on the radio, it's Merrill making that call. Um, he offered me my first job on the air at a small, tiny little AM radio station he had outside of Philadelphia. And he said, I can't pay you, but you can do anything you want. You can do play-by-play. You can host shows. You can be a deep, whatever you want to do, you can do it. Um, Worked that into a part-time gig with ESPN Radio in Philly uh, and kind of weaseled my way into covering the Phillies for a couple of years because I had connections with the team. I had been down there a lot over the years, and I knew a lot of people in the front office. Um, So in 2010 and 2011, I was the Phillies reporter for ESPN up there in Philly. And an opportunity to sort of grow that role uh, popped up with the Atlanta Braves and with Braves Radio. And I said to my now wife, she was my fiance. We weren't even married at the time. And I said, what do you think? Pack up and move to Atlanta and give this a whirl. And so we did. And here we are 12 years later and and we have no plans on leaving. You guys are stuck with us at least for a few more years uh, (laughs) while while the contract uh, runs its its life through. And hopefully there'll be a few more of those down the road. Uh, But it's been a blast, man. It's, It's been incredible. I've gotten to meet so many amazing people and, and see so many uh, incredible opportunities and experiences. And of course, capped off with the World Series a couple of years back, uh, being in Houston and, and getting a World Series ring out of it. It's just been uh, it's been an unbelievable journey. And uh, it's one that I hope uh, doesn't end anytime soon because I, I don't want to have any other job. I don't want to have a real job. I want to just be able to watch baseball every <laughs> single day. And that's sort of what's got me to this point. So it's it's been a dream come true so far. And We'll see what happens next. I'm just kind of sitting back and enjoying the ride for now. So the Philly fanatic is known to have a soap opera with 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 sideline reporters for the other team. If that's is is like that's what one of the that's what the Dodgers announcer like TV announcer used once when he was talking about how the Philly fanatic like was you know was. Like had a soap opera, if you will, with Miss Alana Rizzo, who was the um the sideline reporter for said Los Angeles Dodgers. Do you know? Do you, do you do you agree with me that that this Philly fanatic is somewhat of a ladies' man, a li- or a li- I guess a ladies' creature, if you will? Yeah, 
a lady's bird from the Galapagos Islands. Yeah, look, I'll Wait, say this. The Philly hold on. Fanatic, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I was going to say, the, the Philly fanatic, he gets away with murder. He can do whatever he wants to whoever he wants. Um, I, I think back, and I, I actually know, and I'll use the term the Philly fanatic's best friend in air quotes. I've known him for a long, long time. And um, yeah, he has a lot of fun with opposing players. He can pretty much do whatever he wants um, to whoever he wants. Now, that being said, there's been some guys over the years he's rubbed the wrong way. Uh, I go back to the baseball winter meetings. It was 2012. We were in Nashville, and I ended up at a bar uh, with Tommy Lasorda. And we started talking to Tommy, wow. and he invited us to come sit down and have dinner with him. And, and somehow I brought up the fact Tommy is from outside of Philadelphia. He's from Norristown, which is uh, the same town as Mike Piazza, who you may have heard of, a wow. Hall of Fame catcher. Mike Piazza, yeah. So they're from the same town. And so Tommy's you know, from the Philadelphia area. And somehow I brought up something about the Philly fanatic and he might've had one too many glasses of wine that night or may have been a little <laughs> over. And he went on a tangent about how much he hates the Philly fanatic. So there have been a few people that, uh, that the Philly fanatic has rubbed the wrong way, but yeah, I even got it a few times going back, covering the Braves. Uh, I bumped into him in the hallway and he ripped my polo shirt up over my head. So I couldn't see where I was going. So <laughs> Everyone was exposed to me not wearing a shirt for a few minutes underneath the uh, bowels there of uh, Citizens Bank Park. So nobody <laughs> that's is one fr- Philly Fanatic's on a roll. <laughs> that's one frisky fanatic. Oh, wait, wait, hold on, wait. He's a bird? He doesn't look anything like a bird. Is he, he like is- some sort of like man? Like, is he some sort of like bird? Like, what What? What kind of bird is he? That, he's a, he's that very- baffles the biscuits out of me. He's a very special and very unique bird uh, with a very long and, and and there have been times over the years, you know, his big snout he's got in front of him. He'll every now and then get a foul ball and he'll throw it up in the air and catch it into his nose. That to me is uh, he's a very multi-talented bird. As That's well. impressive. Like, he can he can do it all. Yeah. <laughs> is it true that his nose is literally a noisemaker? Then. The man literally, like the nose, like it's like, I swear it, like it is, it resembles somewhat of, you know, like, have you ever been to a party and they've had those little noisemaker of whatchamacallits? Oh yeah. I swear to you that that, that that mascot's nose is a friggin' noisemaker. Yeah. I don't mean to despair. He he makes all kinds of noises. I'll tell you that. He, he does, uh, he does all (laughs) kinds of goofy things. Uh, but again, he can get away with when, when you are, one of the oldest mascots and one of the most recognizable mascots, you can get away with a little bit more than some of the newer guys can. So uh, I don't know if Blooper's gotten to that stage just yet, but I'm sure with a lot of time and a lot of work, he'll get to that point down the road too. So when the Bra- okay, when the Braves designed Blooper, does were they trying to get like a fanat- a Philly fanatic vibe, or were there, or were they just, or was it just like, or like was it like Kuwait? Was it like purposeful to have blooper look like the philly fanatic or was it like completely out of the blue that that happened i think it was sort of out of the blue i don't know that there was a real like we're gonna copy that i know when it, for, when blooper first was born uh, a lot of folks say no oh, it's a rip off of the fanatic I, I don't necessarily see it that way uh, look i just think that uh he is a you want to talk about a, a character who gets away with it man I, i'm just hoping that one of these days i keep inviting him on social media i keep tweeting him saying blooper 
bring a six pack of beer over after one of these thrilling wins. We'll hang out and talk a little <laughs> baseball in the studio, but I'm, I'm still waiting for him to take me up on it. So hopefully fingers <laughs> crossed, maybe it'll happen like at a world series parade or something. And hopefully that happens this year. <laughs> um, so Mr. McAlpin, uh, where did you go to high school? I went to high school at Haverford High School, just outside of Philadelphia, western suburbs, about uh, 10 miles from downtown Philly. Um, Haverford High School, if you uh, are, are looking to get into radio or TV, is an unbelievable asset. They actually still have uh, a radio station. We're one of the few high schools in the country that have a high school radio station. Matter of fact, it's the wow. oldest high school radio station in the country. And it was an unbelievable chance for you know, 13, 14, 15-year-old kids to get on the radio and to host a show when you're in high school. And a lot of freshmen in high school didn't get that opportunity, uh, but I kind of was a, a real pain in the butt to some of the people that were running the place. I said, come on, please, please, let me on the air, let me on the air. And uh, they finally, I think maybe just to shut me up, said, okay, you can do a show Friday afternoons. And so that's sort of how my, my love for radio really started was mm -hmm. in high school when I got a chance to be on the air. And uh, it, was, it was a great start. Uh, and I never would have envisioned here, you know, 20 some odd years later, I'd still be doing it. But yeah, Haverford High School, the home of the Fords. Now, what are the Fords? Well, it's an old Model T Ford from like the 1920s or 30s. It's the big old fashioned car. And that's got to be pretty unique as well. I can't imagine many schools yeah. have an old beat up car as a mascot as opposed to an animal, which is what you're used to seeing. But that's what we were, the Haverford Fords there in uh, Delaware County, just outside of Philadelphia. Oh, and speaking of mascots, I know that that uh, the Atlanta Braves mascot B A. I mean, not no, sorry, B B before blooper was a was a um a baseball mat a base a literal baseball by the name of Homer. Whatever happened yeah. to good old Homer? I don't know, but you know what? Uh, if you follow anything I do, you know I hate the New York Mets, and I'm really glad we don't have a mascot that looks just <laughs> like theirs. So, I'm, you know, if Homer had to go into retirement and sacrifice for all of us to not have to look at anything that resembles the Mets, I'm okay with that. So, uh, yeah, I think Homer just uh, rode off into the sunset, kind of like uh, you know Turner Field did uh, back uh, after the 2016 season, and uh, now you've, you've moved on to blooper. So it's the evolution, you know. You're always sort of uh, moving on to that next one, and I can tell you, there's not a bigger Brave fan. Maybe a okay, maybe he's the second biggest. My my eight year old son is probably the biggest Braves fan you'll meet. My son Max uh, Blooper is probably the second biggest Braves fan you'll meet. He's got a long way to go until he surpasses my little dude. <laughs> Um, so, okay. Where'd you go to college, my friend? Where'd you go to college? Temple University, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, that my, <laughs> home of the owls. That's right. You know, owls. I was there. That's right. Uh, when I was there, we were still a basketball school. We still had John Chaney, uh, the great <laughs> hall of fame coach, uh, 700 yeah. plus wins. And really since I've left, uh, they've become more of a football school than basketball. Yeah. I'm keeping my fingers crossed that we can get back to being more of a, a basketball powerhouse, but they've got a long way to go. You know, people used to, Temple was the spot to go. When I was a kid, when I was your age, and when I was getting ready for college and everything, like Temple, we were we were top 25 every single year. Yeah. Uh, John Chaney, a big reason why. Nobody wanted to go to St. Joe's or Villanova. Now Villanova's obviously with a couple of national titles has sort of become the spot you want to go play in Philly. But I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I'm holding out hope that my, uh, my Temple Owls can uh, get back to a national prominence because, uh, man, I can tell you this much. Nobody wanted to face us in October. Uh, not yeah. in October, in, in March. No, March. Nobody wanted to face the Temple Owls in March. Uh, they, we always used to say, beware the eyes, not the Ides of March, but the <laughs> Temple uh, 
the, the owl eyes, but uh, I'm just keeping my fingers crossed. Someday we'll get back to that big stage. Uh, Mr. McAlpin, uh, um, so uh, you are from Philadelphia. Can I give you a cool little nugget about myself? So Please. I, so, so I'm, you know, are you familiar with Children's Miracle Network? Of course, absolutely. So like there, like I was so. So a little thing about me, I was born with hydrocephalus, excess fluid on the brain. I was born in Northside, like at Northside Hospital, transferred over to Choa for, for, you know, the surgeries and whatnot. And because of that opportunity, I was blessed to be the, are you familiar with Ace Hardware? Yes, absolutely. I was blessed to be there, the Ace Hardware All-Star for 2015. And with that opportunity, I was able to meet the doctor himself. No, no, no! Not Sha- wow. not Shaquille O'Neal, the do- the <laughs> the Mister Doctor Julius Irving. You you know him, right? You're you're a Philly kid, so you obviously know who Doctor J is. Absolutely, yeah. I actually met Doctor J. Uh, in 2012, right after we moved here, uh, my wife and I were living in Sandy Springs. Uh, there is a lifetime fitness there. Now, I'm not giving away any secrets here, but I've been told <laughs> Dr. J still frequents that uh, lifetime fitness. And I was up shooting basketball the one day and he was in there with his granddaughter and I, I freaked out. Like I had one of those like, you know, again, I'm around athletes, celebrities all the time. And like seeing Dr. J, I was like, oh my God, that's Dr. J. So yeah. I wanted to be, you know, go get a selfie, but I just settled for a go shake his hand, say hello, tell him who I was. And we, we chatted for a couple of minutes and it was, uh, it was really cool. I ended up bumping into him at the airport like a year later. And uh, we said hello again. And uh, that's, that's my two run-ins with Dr. J. Uh, but I can tell you this much. My son was born at Northside and Choa. Uh, you were in tremendous hands, as you are well aware. Uh, and I got to give a shout out to all the folks over there at both of those hospitals. Uh, they are tremendous. Uh, here in Atlanta, we're, we're so lucky. You know, being from Philly, uh, Children's Hospital in Philadelphia, CHOP, they Chop. call it. We have CHOA here. It's CHOP there. Uh, that took a little getting used to, too, because I kept calling CHOA CHOP, and I was getting confused when we moved <laughs> here. But, man, I can tell you, you were in, You don't need me to tell you. You were in phenomenal hands at both those spots. Nice. So did you major in broadcasting? I did broadcasting. So everything at Temple is abbreviated. So everything, every major, everything. So I was a BTMM major. What does that mean? It means broadcasting, telecommunications, and mass media. So I could have done radio, TV. The new podcasting world, the new social media world wasn't really around. I was there in 2000 2000 to 2004. Um, I was still editing audio on the big reel to reel (laughs) machines where you had to, when, when I say cut and paste, you were literally finding it, cutting it, cutting another part and putting a piece of tape over your audio instead of just going on and highlighting and deleting it. Um, So I learned the old school way. So yeah, I was a broadcasting major. Uh, Temple, shout out to my alma mater, one of the best best, uh, broadcasting uh, communication programs in the country. You know, Syracuse is a really good one. Uh, Boston University has a great one. That's where Howard Stern went. Um, hmm. Syracuse is probably the top of the top. I mean, that's like the that's the Rolls Royce of uh, broadcasting major schools. But Temple has always been like top ten uh, in the country. So uh, I definitely got an awesome experience and an awesome opportunity there, and uh, one that I'll always be grateful for. Um, and isn't Temple University part of the Philly Big Four of of colleges and universities? Close, Big Five. Because I believe very it's close. Temple. And that's Temple, Villanova, um, who else am I? Can you help me out with the other three? Temple, Villanova. What state are they in? What state is is Temple in? What state is Philadelphia in? Oh, 
Oh, Pennsylvania. Oh, wait, is it the pen? Is it the pen? Is it is it the Philly Big Five or the Pennsylvania Big Five? It's the Philly Big Five. So you have uh, Villanova, St. Joe's, LaSalle is the one that nobody ever gets. LaSalle, uh, yeah. Temple, and then Penn University of Pennsylvania. Those are the those are the five. Now Drexel is right across the street from Penn. Oh yeah, and Go they want to be in this city six thing. Yeah, yeah, but we don't we don't acknowledge the city six because I'm old school. So it's the big five. It'll always be the big five. They city can six. try all they want to get into the, the city six thing. I'm not having any of it. I'm old school. It's the big five, and it will always be the big five. Speaking of um, Penn University, name whose namesake is is Mister William Penn. I'm actually I don't know how, but for some reason, because like my like because of my dad's you know, fan, side of the fan, like through my dad's side of the family, I'm related to William Penn. So I guess if I don't, if I don't make it as a broadcaster, I'll, I'll have to be a Quaker. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. And listen, I thought, <laughs> That's great. I, I, I knew I was going to be, you know, talking to some, some greatness here today, but this is, I mean, that is legendary stuff being related to, to Billy Penn, who stands high atop On the top of the Capitol. city hall there in Philadelphia. And here's a funny, city uh, interesting nugget, Parker, you may or may not know. Back mm-hmm. in the day when the Phillies were in the World Series, they put a giant Phillies hat on top of his hat on top oh, of wow. city hall. That didn't work. Phillies lost the World Series. Then the Flyers <laughs> tried it with a jersey, a gigantic Flyers jersey, and that didn't work either. So I think we got to just leave Billy <laughs> Stop Penn dressing away. him. <laughs> um, is it true that like, the, like I think like I heard it somewhere that in a bar that at a bar in Philadelphia people were like people couldn't order drinks unless they have voted for for like unless they have casted an cast an all star ballot or is that another city? I think that was a long time ago. Yeah, I think that was back. I've heard that, was, that story. That was Philly, right? That was Philadelphia. I believe it was. It sounds like something my hometown would do. Although at the same time, they'll take your money for whatever you want to give it to them for. So I can't imagine a whole lot of bartenders in Philly turning away money, but I do believe that's something they tried to do uh, a long, long time ago. I, it would not surprise me at all. So um, when we when the, when the Eagles beat the Patriots in Super Bowl Fifty Two, were you like were you were, were you happy because a you were from you're a Philly kid and b that that meant the Eagles got revenge on Tom Brady for the game, the the Super Bowl that shall not be named. Super Bowl, <laughs> Super Bowl you know fifty-one, uh, the ch- also, AKA the 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 Texas choke. Huh? <laughs> see what I did there? I see what you did there. I'm glad you didn't mention the score in there as well because mm-hmm. I know that's something that still uh, stings a lot of folks in this town. Three. Believe it or not, Parker, I grew up outside of Philadelphia, but for some reason, I I I can't even explain why. I'm not even an Eagles fan. It gets way worse than that. I'm actually a Jets fan. And I have had a lifetime of losing football. Now, I will say this, Parker. I finally got a real quarterback. I finally got Aaron Rodgers. Now he's like, you know, 49 years old version of Aaron Rodgers. So (laughs) we'll see what version shows up. But my kids and my lovely bride got me an Aaron Rodgers jersey for Father's Day. So I finally updated Uh, the most recent one I have, believe it or not, uh, is a Joe Klecko jersey. Now, Parker, you're probably Whoa. not familiar with that name, but Dad no. probably is. He's a Temple University legend, and he's a, now a pro football Hall of Famer, part of the uh, famous New York Sack Exchange, they called him. Their defense was nasty back in the day. Uh, so I've upgraded from my Joe Klecko 73 jersey, which will still come out every now and then, uh, to the Aaron Rodgers jersey. So, look, I was happy for family and friends. 
Um, I was really, really happy for mom. She's a, a diehard Eagles fan. Uh, I actually lost my dad in 2016. He just missed seeing them win the Super Bowl. So I know that he was probably having himself uh, an old-fashioned uh, up above and uh, celebrating an Eagles victory. So I, I, I was happy for the people in my hometown, and I was just glad that a lot of my friends back home didn't end up on the news or in the paper uh, <laughs> getting arrested by celebrating. They all behaved themselves uh, at both the celebration that Sunday night and also at the parade, which uh, what I'm told awesome. was uh, got quite out Can of I here. actually – oh, go ahead. I'm so sorry. No, go ahead. You're good. No, no, you finish. You finish. He did finish, Parker. Go ahead. Oh, so actually, so I was actually fortunate to 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 go to two Falcons games in my life. The first one was um the Seahawks playoff game at the Georgia Dome, the the like part of the Super Bowl Fifty One run, and then yeah. the most recent one was I it was the it was the game on the twelfth of this, of September twenty twenty two in at, at at the Benz against the Eagles, and it just so happens that the people sitting behind us, their cousin was Brandon Graham. Who is on the Eagles? Do you do you know one brand? Do you know a Mr. Brandon Graham? I do because you know it's funny. He he is one of the few uh, active players who actually does some media. He actually does some things uh, on uh, Channel Six Action News, which is the most watched news in Philadelphia. He would do some like guests, you know, like Sunday night on their sports wrap up shows. Uh, he would do some things on some of their programs. So yeah, Brandon is a guy. He's a They'll probably build a statue of Brandon Graham someday when he retires. Uh, a guy that's meant a lot to that organization over, gosh, what, 15, 16 years he's been there? He's done it a long, long time. He's been a fan favorite. So, yes, I'm I'm very well aware of Brandon Graham. And uh, I think that's my mom, one of my mom's favorite players. So I'm sure she'll uh, she'll get a kick out of that when I see her and tell her about that one. I have to ask you, do you know, do you know Miss Lauren Jabara from Valley Sports? I do. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I've seen her a lot on Hawks games. Uh, and I met her for the first time probably about a month, month and a half ago in the Braves clubhouse. I met her for the very first time. She is a a great broadcaster. She does a terrific job. And I, I'm, I love the fact uh, she's doing more Braves uh, coverage. So, yeah, I, I know Lauren. As, uh, I know her a little bit. I don't know her as well as I've known some of the other sideline reporters. But, yeah, Lauren, Lauren does a great job. Do you think you can get her on the podcast? I would love to have her on the show. Do you Why think is that, you- Parker? She's kind of a fox, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Hey, don't tell my wife, but kind of. I don't know. I think you're underselling it here, Parker. No, she hard hitting journalism. There you go. Hey, Parker, I'll put a good word in for you next time I see her. How's that? Do you know anyone? Do you know anyone that knows her like directly? Maybe. Oh yeah, I know a lot of people. So maybe you can. So so you can. You maybe you put in the word to them, and they can tell LJ. (laughs) Sorry. Now we got to call her LJ. Oh, look at you! You already got a look at you're starting to blush. That's what that's what my that's what my boy that's what Trevor Scales calls her. And yes, uh, I'm, am I blushing? Oh, oh yeah. no. You're oh, red there, Parker. Someone oh, save can, okay, can we save the oh my god. Oh no. Well this just went somewhere. I'm literally Parker, blushing how, over uh, Parker, how old are you? Fourteen. But, t- but I'll tell you what. I tell you what. No, oh Oh no. Okay, can can okay, can we can someone save this podcast so we can Yeah, 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 Parker. Maybe maybe, let me let me jump in while you uh, get your composure and your color back here. Hold on, hold on. Kevin, maybe uh I'll try to make this uh somewhat uh helpful here. In in your 
career here, you've done a lot of amazing things and, you know, just really been blessed to have an um, awesome opportunity, but you've created a lot of those, obviously. Um, what sort of advice do you have? You know, this is why we're doing this is to help Parker sort of just build his professional chops because this is something that he wants to do. But for anybody else who's, who's listening, what, what advice do you have for folks who, who want to get into broadcasting? Well, first and foremost, don't let anybody tell you you're not qualified or you can't do it. Nice. Uh, you show them, you prove them wrong. Uh, there's, it, it's a really, really competitive industry. I'll tell you that. Uh, going back to when I first got my start, you know, I, I kind of always wanted to do play-by-play. I thought maybe I would be the next Vin Scully or Harry Callis. Uh, but you quickly realize in this industry, guys, there are 60, just 60 number one play-by-play roles in Major League Baseball in the world. Wow. One on TV, one on radio for 30 teams. So there's 60 jobs on the planet that exist. Wow. So landing one of those is pretty tough. Now, that being said, there's no reason why you can't. Um, you work hard. And for me, I tell kids all the time, whether they're high school or college or just out of college, and hey, how do I get my feet wet? Um, you know, just be willing to to you know separate yourself from the competition. There's going to be, I, I used to go to the baseball winter meetings every year and I would see hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids coming out of the job fair. They all had their brand new suit on. Heck, some of them still had their little tags on the back. They just got them from the dry cleaner. I mean, it was you know fresh out of college trying to figure out what in the world am I going to do with my life? Um, it's overwhelming. It's tough. Um, but the good thing is, guys, there's so many different avenues to to get your feet wet, to um, learn the business, to meet people, to network. That's a big part of it is networking and just, you know, having a chance to talk to people like we're doing today. I think this yeah. is this is awesome that you're, you're getting involved in this, Parker, at 14 years old. This is great. Um, but whatever it is, whether it's an internship, you know, I see kids all the time in our in our studios at 680 The Fan, and there's a lot of them. And, I'm you know, I'm not, you know, casting a broad brush here, but there's a lot of interns in general they just want to do the bare minimum. They just want to get by. They just want to do what they're told. There's others that I've seen that will go, hey, I'm I'm going to go record a podcast. I'm going to go grab a video camera and interview people in the battery. I'm going to go over to the mm-hmm. ballpark tonight and cover the game and, and, you know, show that I have more of a drive, more of a desire than other people. Um, that's sort of how I handled it. That's sort of what my mentality was. I wanted to stand out from the pack. I took a couple of jobs when I first started in radio. I wasn't even getting paid. I was collecting yeah. unemployment because it was what I wanted to do. And I had a dream and I had a, a drive that, okay, this is this is going to work out someday. Um, did I ever envision I'd be hosting the pre and post game show on the, the largest radio network in sports? Never, never in my wildest dreams. Did I ever envision that I'd be flying on a charter plane with a major league team and staying in Ritz Carlton's and, you know, getting to live the life of a big leaguer? minus the paycheck. Uh, no, I never did. But what I'm getting at is, um, you know, don't let anybody tell you no. Uh, don't let anybody tell you you're not qualified. Prove them wrong. Uh, I tell people that all the time. Uh, I feel like that's that's kind of what I did. That's kind of, you know, sacrifices you're going to make along the way. Uh, it's tough early on. Like I said, there's a lot of competition, but there's also a lot of people that just feel maybe a sense of entitlement or feel mm. like, hey, I'm, I'm just, I, I can do that and I don't need to work hard for it. And believe me, that's not the case when it comes to broadcasting, radio, TV, whatever it might be, you know, digital. Um, you really need to show that you have that work ethic. You have that desire and that drive. And Parker, by doing this, man, I, I think this is phenomenal. This is an awesome. I wish they had this kind of stuff when I was a kid. Uh, when I was first trying to teach myself how to be a, a radio play-by-play guy, it, this sounds ridiculous now, but I would go put on uh, Madden on my you know PlayStation 2 and I would put it on the, the demo mode. And I would sit there and call the game like I was watching a game on TV. 
um, just to try to get reps doing play by play. So um, I think that, you know, again, if, if you prove that you're, you're not just like, you know, that mass of, of kids coming out of college and, and that, that they think that they're going to be the next play by play guy, you know, be willing to adapt, be willing to, to take on new challenges and, and um, know that, you know, you work hard, you know, good things are going to happen. It's it just, it, it will happen. You network, you meet the right people, they'll give you your foot in the door and then, you know, you'll pass that on, you know, like I, like I do. Um, you know, I, I think about being a, a 19 and 20 year old having no clue what I was going to do for my life. Uh, and I had some, you know, really good announcers take me under their wing and, and, you know, give me advice and put me in touch with others and network. And, and now I'm sort of doing the same, even though I'm not <laughs> nearly as qualified as they were. Um, it, it's, it's fun for me to do that. So you, you sort of kind of just pass the baton to, to the next, uh, the, the next wave, if you will, the next generation. And Parker, you keep doing this, man. People are going to be hitting you up to go on their podcast someday down the road. I've, I've got, uh, I've got all the belief in that for certain. Uh, Mr. Well McAlvin, you. you've got, you've got, you've got to tell us about that World Series ring, my man. Can you? Do you mind? <laughs> you want to see it? Uh, yes. All right, hold it on. Just so, I should have brought it, it out earlier. So, Hang on. Okay. okay. Sorry, I should have had this ready. I apologize. All right, so this is this is the first box I was handed. Can you see that with the glare? It's a big uh, box. It says World wow. Series Champions on it. Okay. Yeah. All right, so you open that up. Then there's another box. It's like a box. I was like, where is the ring? All right, so I'm going to hold this up so you can see it, and then I'll take it out. Give me one second here. Take that. All right, so this is the actual box that the ring wow. comes in. Can we see that? And that's that the wood? And, and, and there yeah. she that's is. That's nice. That is and sweet. That, and that's the granddaddy. And then you open it up, and it's got this fancy little light that comes on, and it lights no it up. Way. Yeah. yeah, that's incredible. Holy! Right, so let, me, let me break it out for you, so you can actually see it. And when when I put it on my finger, it's ridiculous. Like it is like absurdly <laughs> big. Like you can't. Type Have you ever worn it anywhere? Can't. Is there any event you've ever gone to where like I'm gonna wear this thing? Like non sports related, where like I'm just gonna show up and show out with this thing? I, I actually officiated a buddy's wedding uh, back in Nicely March. Done. He actually works for the for the Braves. Um, so he said, "Hey, bring your ring. We'll all the people from the team are gonna wear theirs, and we will uh, we'll all get a photo op." all of us wearing it. Um, so I, I don't break it out often. Uh, but what I do do is I take it to my son. My son plays baseball. He's eight years old, plays at East side here in Marietta. Um, and every year, you know, I, am an assistant coach. I would love to be a head coach, but with my schedule, it, it just doesn't work out. Uh, but every year and every season I take it and surprise the kids after a game and let them all wear uh, it and get pictures cool. with it. And I don't know who loves it more, the dads or the kids. Um, but Parker, this to me is the coolest part. Can you see that right there? It's got my name engraved on it on the side there. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that is cool. Yeah. So um, it's 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 20 years of never imagining that I would ever have an opportunity to get one of these. But uh, I was there in Houston when we won it. Um, I was there at the after party, which I can tell you, I've been to some cool parties. I've done a lot of cool things over the years. The after party when we won the World Series, uh, that's one I'll tell my grandkids and hopefully someday great grandkids about. Uh, that wow. was uh, that was an all timer. So uh, when I found out I was getting the ring, it's funny. I, you'll you'll appreciate this, guys. I got called into the boss's office. It was January of last year, so January of of twenty two, and it's the off season. You know, I don't do a whole lot. I don't have a whole lot of responsibility in the off season. He calls me in. He says, "Close the door," and I'm thinking. Jeez. it's either something I did or didn't do. And I wasn't sure which it was, you know, which I would be in more trouble for if something I did or didn't do. 
And he hands me this envelope and says, congratulations, you're, you're getting a World Series ring. And I, I wow. kind of looked around like, where's the hidden camera? You guys are messing with me now. <laughs> um, and so there was this paperwork in there. And what's, what's crazy, and dad will probably appreciate this more, Parker, than you will. Uh, your high school, your college rings, did you ever get a yep. ring from Justin's? Yep. That's who makes yep. World Series rings and Super Bowl wow. rings. It's crazy okay. that the same company, same company. We got those little <laughs> high school and college rings yeah. that we never, I don't even know where mine are. They're in a box somewhere in our house. Um, but yeah, so they make, they're the same company that makes championship rings. And this one is a little bit fancier uh, than the one yeah, when I graduated from Temple University. Yeah. But yeah. real funny side story to that. I had a professor at Temple who was a uh, public relations teacher. And part-time he did some like consulting work for the Philadelphia Phillies. And he said he would, he got a ring in 1980 when they won it. And I said, did you ever wear it? And he goes, well, I would wear it to my class reunions and I would be as obnoxious as possible where I would get my glass of wine and I would sort of like (laughs) tap it against there and make that tapping sound as to kind of draw attention to it. And, And people that used to be mean to me or weren't friends with me or didn't want anything to do with me in high school would go like, what, what is that? And we go, Oh, this thing, huh? That's my that's my World Series. You guys don't have one? Like you, you, didn't, you didn't get one of these? So he I would sort of flaunt it a little bit and have some fun uh, at uh, at the expense of folks who maybe weren't as nice to him as as a younger a younger kid. So yeah, it's uh, it's awesome. I do break it out for for uh, for very special occasions uh, for for the little leaguers to try on. Uh, but really, it's something that I keep kind of kind of closed away. And I'll tell you this much, Parker: if I'm having a bad day, I break it out and I look at it and I just sort of stare at it for a little while and go, you know what? This ain't so bad. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, now all I need, you know, I got two kids and I already told Max yeah. he's getting this one. And uh, now I need one for my daughter and they can fight over it. Well, long after I'm gone, that'll be a problem. <laughs> but, but to put this in perspective, what this means to me, uh, Ben Ingram, who has been a very good friend of mine since really day one, I took this job. Uh, Ben said, think about this hundred years from now, we'll all be long gone. Uh, your great, great, great grandkids are going to take this World Series ring to their first grade show and tell someday. And they're going to tell them about their great, great, great grandpappy that was a World Series announcer. And uh, think about how cool that is, that it's something that will you know kind of stay in your family for generations to come. And I think that to me makes it cooler than any other part. And there's, believe me, there's a lot of cool parts to it, but that's probably the, the most unique part of it is knowing that it'll, it'll stay in our family, hopefully for a long time. Hopefully my son doesn't, you know, sell it to pay off a gamble or something down the road. You know, hopefully it doesn't, doesn't end up in a that's pawn awesome. shop somewhere. You know? <laughs> that's right. I actually have a replica World Series ring that I, that I, that was given to me by someone very special, someone at my school, Miss um, nice. Courtney. Miss Courtney is her name. Courtney Crowdis. Mm-hmm. She's an A-list yeah, member. You're not turning red when you're talking about Courtney like you did with Lauren. I just noticed mm. that. Sorry, it's astute observation there. Yes, sorry. Here it comes again. Here it comes. What what can I say, man? I mean, Lauren, she's she's a she she she's something, all right. I'll tell you that. Parker, she's got the face for TV. I have the face (laughs) for radio. There it is. There it is. is. Uh can I can I break into a sponsorship moment for a minute? Please. Do you got do you like barbecue, my man? Do you do you like barbecue? Does anyone here like barbecue? I, I don't I know where this I, is going. I'm not I really a barbecue guy, barbecue. but so but so we have to give a shout out to our friends over at Righteous Q. Check them out. In East hey. Cobb, Marietta. 
can I give him? Can I add on to that, Parker? Please because, do. Uh, Sure, you sure. You're the guest, man. On a Friday, you'll see me in there eating a brisket burger. That is my spot every Friday. Patrick and his crew, they are awesome. Uh, and also, hey, Verzone. Yeah, Patrick Verzone. Oh, my. Yes. My, his son is on my brother's football team. He, he's, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that, they're, they're amazing. Uh, by the way, their smoked wings, pretty good. And uh, for all the dads out there, they now have cold beer. So what goes better with barbecue <laughs> than an ice cold tall boy? That to me, Patrick stepped up his game, Parker, and uh, Righteous Q is the best, best in the area. They catered my 40th birthday party last year, so nice. I am, uh, I am still, I still have people talking about how much they enjoyed that one. So yeah, Righteous Q is the best, man. Oh, Mister McAlpin, I totally forgot to ask earlier in the show. What, what is your, what is number one on your bucket list of sporting events? Hmm. Good question, because, you know, I crossed one of them off this year. I was invited to go to the Masters this year for the first time, which usually doesn't work out because of my baseball schedule. We're just starting the season. Uh, but when I went to my boss and I said, hey, I got a neighbor. He goes every year. I was invited to go. He's like, yes, yes, hmm. we'll find out someone to cover you. Yes. And of course, my first experience at the Masters was Saturday this year. I don't know if you remember. It was like 45 degrees and raining sideways. Hmm. Uh, but I did get a chance to see some some uh, some of the top golfers up close. Uh, it was really, really cool. So bucket list for me, you know what? Probably Kentucky Derby. My birthday is May Ooh. 5th. And uh, every, I guess, 10, 11 years, the Derby actually falls on Saturday, May the 5th on my actual birthday. So I've told my wife at some point, we need to go to the Kentucky Derby. I got friends that live up there, uh, not too far away from Churchill. I've been to Churchill Downs. I just haven't been there for the Derby. Uh, so I think Kentucky Derby would probably be the one put on the tux, have my wife wear the super big hat, be all fancy and spend way too much money on those, uh, on those um, uh, mint juleps, mint juleps uh, out there yep. at the track and just have a little bit of fun. So I'll go Kentucky Derby, Parker. A it's a one. great question because I did just cross one of them off this year in the Masters. That was on the list for a long time and Fingers crossed, uh, my buddy Harvey will invite me to go again with him sometime down the road. <laughs> okay, so on this podcast, we are all sports fanatics. So the last question we ask to all of our guests, bleh, eh, guests, as a fan, what do you think is the all-time greatest moment in sports? Ooh, all-time greatest moment. Um, Boy, you're putting me totally on the spot here, Parker. I'll say probably one of the best is from the Olympics uh, when Team USA uh, beat the Russians uh, and was the miracle on ice. Probably one of the greatest moments because it wasn't just one team, one city, one fan base. Yeah. It brought a country together, and I think it brought the world together. Everyone was sort of rooting for the U.S. in that one. So I'll say the miracle on ice is probably one of the greatest calls of all time. Um, I'll go with that one. I'd have to sit back and think about, um, look, there's been so many, uh, but I think when you talk about a global event, um, to me that probably carries more weight than uh, than a, just a team or a, a city or a, or a state celebrating something. Um, so I'll go with the Miracle on Ice. I think that would probably be the one that, at least off the top of my head, sticks out the most. Parker, you have to tell him your connection to the Miracle on Ice. I actually know, uh, do you know Mike, Ru do you remember Mike Ruzioni and Jack O'Callaghan from said Miracle say, on Ice? I don't Ice? know him, but it sounds like you probably do. Do you know, of the, have, but you remember them from the team, right? Sure, absolutely. I actually, like I said, like through through Ace Hardware, I got to enter, like I got, you know, like every year they have their like pro-am golf tournament in Hawaii. Yeah. yeah. In 2018, in 2018, I was fortunate enough to go and team hockey was Mike Ruzioni and Jack O'Callaghan. So yeah, that's how I know them. 
Parker right, actually so kissed O'Callaghan's bald head in the pool. What? <laughs> you, no, I you, didn't. You, you, yes, now you're you did. just telling stories. <laughs> yes, hey, you did. Hey, now you're just, yes, you now did. You're just telling <laughs> stories, buddy boy. Yeah, I know, here's I, how I remember it. Here's how I remember it, because I'm sitting on the side of the pool. You know, here's my moment with Mark Bulger. And some yeah. lady confuses me for Mark Bulger. And I was like, this is as good as it's ever going to get for me right there. <laughs> and then Parker's over there sitting on the side of the pool and he's just talking to Jack O'Callaghan and Parker grabs his head and just kisses him on the top of his bald head. You said that was Michael Rosione. Yeah. No, oh, I'm, it's Jack O'Callaghan. It was Jack O'Callaghan. <laughs> and Jack O'Callaghan, I don't think he's bald. No, he was not bald. Uh, close. Okay. So listen to this. So so you're going to Hawaii and hanging out with you know gold medalists, and you're related to William Penn. I mean, like I I, I didn't know what I was getting myself into here today, Parker. Man, you're a legend, dude. This is hey, great. went downhill after Will, William Penn. Hey, watch it, buddy Parker, boy. Parker, you're bringing it back up. Hey, watch it, watch it, pal. All I right, was giving you props. Thank man. you, Mr. McCall. Thank, thank you so much for your time, Mr. McAlpin. And to the listeners, don't forget to check us out everywhere you find your podcast. So, uh, so Thanks, guys. see you later, Fanatic Addicts. Thanks, Kevin. Bye. All right, Fanatics. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Fan and Fanatic. Thank you for joining us, and thank you for all of your support. Don't forget to follow or subscribe or whatever your podcast app says to do. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. For my broadcast partner, Ryan Grilecki, this is Parker Grilecki saying, Game, Set, Match!